0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have gathered us together at this time, and I pray at this time that ultimately, not my words, but your living word would go forth, that indeed it would take root in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, in our wills, that we might be drawn to you. For you alone, most gracious God, are our life and our salvation. This I ask, this I offer now in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I begin this morning with a confession, and as I, I do, I, I confess that it's really not much uh, of a of a confession as far as confessions go. I, I'll save my bigger ones for later, um, but but my confession is this: I, I'm I'm ready for things to return to normal. Um, uh, uh, there's a there's a Shocker, right? There's a whole lot of my own personal self-interest um, in that, but I, I'm I'm ready um, for things to return to normal, and and perhaps you are as well. I, uh, of course, I miss um, our being able to to worship together, um, not not just virtually, but but in person, tangibly. I, I miss seeing your faces here in the pew. I mean, of course, I love preaching to the camera. Um, it's awesome, uh, but I but I miss seeing you. I miss uh, I miss shaking hands. Uh, I miss. Um, hugging people I, I miss um, those things uh, our ability to gather together uh, in person as a as a community of faith and and as I say that to and that 's that 's honest um, but but also I have to be honest too i I miss all the other normal things i 'd love for my kids to be able to go back to normal school um, and uh, I, uh, I, even though you're virtual, I heard the parents say, "Amen." Uh, um, it'd be great to have the kids be able to go back um, to regular, normal school. And and I'll be honest about this: we live in the state of Alabama. I'm worried: are we going to be able to tailgate um, this fall? Will there be um, football games? There there are things that I long for, which are, which are a lot more sort of Christian and holy. But uh, but that longing uh, and that missing. Um, normalcy and the desire to return. And, and even as I say that, I also recognize that I don't know that normal ever exists, and I don't know that I liked it as much um, in reality than in memory. And I, I, I share that with you, um, not surprisingly, because, of course, it's, it's a time in which we find ourselves when we wonder, um, as, as we heard in the psalm this morning, how long um, how long is this um, going to last? How long is this going to um, roll along? But, but I also lift it up because one of the things that we see addressed powerfully um, in Jeremiah through the entire witness uh, of the book of Jeremiah is people living um, in unsettled and disrupted times. Uh, the people find themselves in, in, in strange places and in strange times. They, they find their world that is familiar to them uh, completely um, upside down, and in fact, in the first twenty five chapters of Jeremiah um, y- yes there 's hope in there, but it's, but it 's hard to see. Um, there is a lot of dismantling that takes place in the first twenty five chapters of jeremiah and there, there are a couple of great commentaries on the book of Jeremiah. Derek Kidner uh, writes one, and Lewis Stollman um, writes another and I, I want to share um, a quote. Uh, with you now uh, from Lewis Stolman's uh, commentary on Jeremiah. Because one of the things he notes, we, we read this morning from the 28th chapter of Jeremiah. And, and in many ways, um, uh, it's, um, it's kind of a prophetic battle. Um, we have um, Hananiah, who is in essence fake news, um, telling the people what they want to hear, even though it's, it's not true. And we have Jeremiah with with tremendous force and yet also with tremendous grace and restraint responding um, to Hananiah with the words of truth um, for the people. But writing but on the first 25 chapters of Jeremiah, uh, Stuhlman, um says this. Uh, he says, survival um, depends on hope. And that in and of itself, quite frankly, is a good word for us to hear. Survival um, depends on hope. When hope is gone, life becomes unbearable. There are only faint traces of hope in Jeremiah 1 through 25. And these vestiges are obscured by reams of divine judgments. Instead of inspiring hope, the first half of Jeremiah dismantles configurations of hope that are based on a building and on a king. Uh, And not to be too pedantic, but that's worth um, hearing again. Instead of inspiring hope, the first half of Jeremiah dismantles configurations of hope that are based um, on a building and on a king, on a land, and on political autonomy. Jeremiah attacks a temple theology that has become an idolatrous system. He employs the covenant to curse rather than to bless. Jeremiah assaults the community's privileged position and its seemingly inviolable dynastic rights. He even subverts ancient land claims by insisting That the land must be abandoned before the inception of a new era the prophet demolishes these long-held understandings of reality allied with the old pre-exilic world instead that they stand under the wrath of love by this means the text rhetoric of judgment frustrates every argument that god is inextricably tied to judah's conventional religious systems Hence, nothing remains to support the toppling world. A few islands of hope in Jeremiah 1 through 25 have been submerged in an ocean of death. Um, You may think, boy, I feel better. Um, Thanks so much. Glad I I, I tuned in, but we'll see wonderfully what Jeremiah is talking about. Uh, The wonderful and gracious and incredible way in which God works. There, There is a dismantling that takes place Um, for the people in Jeremiah's time, and and we hear about it in the first through the 25th chapter. Now the portion that we're in, it begins to change. Words uh, of hope um, begin to come in. Words of of restoration uh, begin to come in um, at this time. And and the reality for you and for me, uh, and it is um, a challenge because if you think about your life, uh, and certainly as I think about my own as well, when, when real and genuine uh, growth has happened. Uh, when I've been taken to places of greater strength and security, uh, it's, uh, if, if not always, it typically comes also with a time of struggle, uh, with a time of suffering, with a time of false hopes and false securities being dismantled in order that, my, that God might give himself, that God might give something which is more substantial um, more hopeful. Uh, God uh, undoing things in order um, that he might replace our false hopes uh, and our false confidences uh, with himself. Uh, and we see that um, taking place, and perhaps you, um, as I can as well, can remember times um, in your life when God did just that. Uh, as painful and as unpleasant um, as it was, um, God was doing it in order to give you uh, a standing which was even more secure than what you began with, a wisdom that was greater than before, a grace and a peace beyond what you dreamed possible. And I mentioned we, we begin to have um, a transition uh, in the 25th and 26th chapter of Jeremiah. And one of the things that Jeremiah does uh, as we begin to uh, walk into the text before us this morning, this 28th chapter, one of the things that Jeremiah does to the shock and to the dismay of the people, and he he says that that Nebuchadnezzar uh, dreaded Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon who had uh, conquered um, this people who was no worshiper uh, of God. One of the things that Jeremiah says is that actually Nebuchadnezzar uh, is actually God's servant. Nebuchadnezzar um, is God's instrument. Uh, Even though he doesn't recognize it himself, God's sovereignty um, over the entire world, Nebuchadnezzar is actually God's servant. And, and Jeremiah, in a dramatic act, uh, puts on a, a yoke uh, like an ox would wear. He puts on an, an ox's yoke uh, and begins to, begins to go around with it. As you might imagine, um, the people noticed um, uh, that. And what he told the people, he said, you know what? This, we're in a time and we're in a period of God's judgment. We're in a time and we're in a period uh, of God's chastening. Uh, and the invitation that goes out to the people is is to hear that. The invitation that goes out to the people um, is one that invites repentance. The invitation is one that invites the people um, to return. And in essence, uh, what Jeremiah says is is repent and return and, and find life. Repent and return and find um, restoration. And if you um, resist this, uh, if you resist this time uh, of chastening, it only makes it worse. You you resist it um, to your own frustration. You resist it to your own exasperation. You resist it um, to your own destruction. It's an invitation um, to the people to return because uh, Nebuchadnezzar has come. He's taken control. He's carried away um, many of the people from Jerusalem. He's carried away many of the articles um, from the temple. And now we find in the twenty-eighth chapter that Hananiah. Um, says to the people, um, basically, you know what? It's not that big a deal. Um, God told me that it's going to be over soon. Um, two years, you know, that it's not fun, but, but actually God told me two years uh, and he's going to break um, the yoke that Nebuchadnezzar has placed upon us. And, and, and not only that, um, not only will he break that yoke, uh, but he'll return um, all the vessels and the things of the temple. And uh, in, in two years, we're going to be back to life um, as normal. Uh, is is what he says, uh, and shortly um, before Jeremiah uh, had spoken to a time uh, from the Lord of, of seventy years. And once again, you may just think you're just piling hope upon hope um, uh, this morning. Uh, seventy years being being a round number, but but Jeremiah saying, you know what? No, actually, it's not going to be two years. It's going to be it's going to be longer. Uh, than that. Uh, It's going to take longer than that. Uh, And not only um, does Hananiah uh, give uh, fake news, not only does he tell the people what they think they desire to hear, even though it's not true. And of course, um, lies are never kind. Uh, There's never kindness um, in a lie. There's not kindness in that being shared with people, um, which is not true. But but it invites them to miss out uh, on the opportunity it invites them to miss out uh, on what God is doing, and that is to give them uh, a hope which cannot be taken away from them, giving them himself uh, a real and genuine um, security. The reality that hope um, and suffering are intertwined. Uh, If if you think about your life, as we read through the Bible, um, we we see um, that hope and suffering are intertwined. As God is a God who works through death and resurrection, bringing um, new life um, out of death, bringing hope uh, and restoration in situations which seem um, hopeless. Uh, and uh, Hananiah removes the yoke uh, from Jeremiah's neck. He says that in two years it's all going to be over. And again, Jeremiah in tremendous restraint says, Amen, I, I hope you're right. Um, I tell you what, I- I'd love to be wrong is in essence what he says, but that is not um, what God has revealed to us, and, and then Jeremiah does something interesting as well. We hear um, that then, then rather than joining in um, the escalation, uh, he, he departs, uh, He departs uh, and he waits uh, and he listens. and this is in uh, Some sometime after the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke bars from off of the neck of Jeremiah the prophet, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Uh, go um, tell Hananiah. There was a uh, wisdom for Jeremiah, waiting uh, and listening um, for the Lord to speak, and not just in the in the current time in which we find ourselves. But I and I'm as uh, susceptible to this as the next. We 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 like to, uh, we like to get ahead and pretend that we know the future. Uh, we like to get ahead and 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 be able to predict and say this is this is what's going to happen. And, and what is not being said to us is that we shouldn't plan. We're not being told that we shouldn't plan. We're not being told um, that we shouldn't um, engage. We're not being told um, that we shouldn't hope. Uh, but there are, I believe, um, well, more than three things, uh, but three things I want to lift up um, to you and to me as we think about the time uh, in which we live right now, the invitation um, to you and to me. Because as uh, as Jeremiah goes on, and we get into the 29th verse uh, and and following, we hear words uh, of hope begin to come in in a way which is incredible uh, and overwhelming. Promises uh, of God's restoration, but also an encouragement to the people, uh, in essence, to live in the moment, uh, to live in the moment, to. Um, to build houses is what they're told, to plant gardens and eat their produce, to 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 marry uh, and to be married, uh, and to pray um, for the welfare of the city in which they find themselves, to seek the welfare um, of the people around them. Um, Jeremiah is speaking in a time of, of tremendous uh, division, uh, such as we're living in right now. There, there are various claims uh, of truth. There are various people who claim to know what the future will hold. Some um, say that nothing will ever be the same again. Um, Some say everything will return um, to normal soon. Uh, And the reality is um, what the invitation to you and to me is, I believe, uh, are are three things. Um, uh, And that uh, I share with you at this time is, um, one, uh, the invitation um, to live in the moment. Uh, As I mentioned just a moment ago, Jeremiah encourages The people, as he's guided by God, um, to pray and to seek the welfare of those um, around them, to to live um, in um, the moment. And uh, as I say that, I I realize that's often easier um, said than done. I can get as wound up and anxious uh, as the best. But there's the invitation to live in the moment, the realization that God is both with us and going before us, that he is the one who secures the future. But also in living in the moment, that we might be able to listen to listen, to have ears um, for the Lord and what it is um, that he is revealing uh, as we go through times of, of challenge, as we go through times of dismantling. God doesn't do it capriciously. As we go through times of dismantling, God does it in order to give us real security and real hope rather than false security and false hope. The invitation to live in the moment, the invitation um, to listen, uh, to listen to the Lord, for to wait uh, for him, to seek uh, the way in which he speaks to us um, through the Scriptures, uh, through prayer, through our fellowship um, with one another, and also the invitation to look um, to the Lord, uh, to look to the Lord. When, when things which are familiar to you and to me um, are taken um, away from us, uh, and there is that natural longing um, to have all of those things back, uh, and yet in that time, uh, to speak about it biblically, in that time of wilderness, Uh, there is that opportunity um, to look to the Lord uh, in a way in which we see him more clearly and more deeply than before. Why? Because he desires to make himself known to us. Uh, He desires to be um, in relationship with us. Uh, I I share a little portion um, of uh, Leif Inger's book, Peace, uh, like a river, it's it's a uh, a beautiful book um, that Inger writes. And the main character, the the narrator, is a young boy by the name of Reuben Land. And Reuben um, is born with severely um, damaged lungs, and he and he struggles and strains throughout his life um, to breathe. Uh, that's something that he he struggles with, and. Wrestles with, and this is toward the end of the book, and I'm not going to uh, spoil all of the book for you, but he, but he finds himself in a place where basically he's uh, he he's had it, um, he's he, he's run out of effort, he's run um, out of energy, uh, his energy has failed, and he has um, run out of hope, uh, and this is uh, Reuben speaking, and I and I quote now from Inger's book, uh, and one thing. I wasn't waiting for was a miracle. I don't like to admit it. Shouldn't that be the last thing you release? The hope that the Lord God touched in his heart by your particular impasse among all others will reach down and do that work none else can accomplish. Straighten the twist, clear the oozing sore, open the lungs. Who knew better than I that such holy stuff occurs? Who had more reason um, to hope? And he goes on. And yet, regarding my own wasted passages, it seemed a prospect uh, I could no longer admit. He feels as if he is, is at the end. And then he goes on and says this. Was it unjust? I'd have thought so once and not long ago. But these activities, whining about what's fair, begging forgiveness, hoping for a miracle these demand energy, and that was gone from me. Fair is whatever God wants to do. That, that may seem like a, a melancholy statement, but I've always uh, found that uh, moving. He says, uh, fair uh, is whatever um, God wants to do. Should I have been hoping for a miracle? He says, these um, demand energy, and that was gone from me. Um, fair um, is um, whatever God wants to do. And again, I won't uh, spoil the, the ending for you, but I but I will say that this uh, moment uh, for him, uh, something amazing happens in this moment, in, in essence, of, of repentance. In uh, this moment of uh, resignation, uh, a holy resignation, uh, new life um, comes in um, to Reuben's life. And that, I believe, is the truth and the invitation given to you and to me. Uh, when we've when we've run out of energy um, trying to predict uh, and to manage the future, uh, when we um, look to God, uh, when we um, submit to God, when we, when we say, yeah, I, I, I can't do it, um, you have it, um, there is um, tremendous not only power but desire for God to come into our lives uh, and to give restoration, uh, to give security, to give hope um, which cannot be taken away from you and from me. And finally this, uh, I, I mentioned we find ourselves in a, in a transition point, uh, not only in, in Jeremiah's um, prophecy, but um, of God lifting up hope to his people. And perhaps you remember that in Jeremiah 31, um, 31 God promises um, to his people uh, that he will give them a new covenant. And I read now from Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity. Uh, I will remember um, their sin no more. The good news for you and for me uh, as we go through not just Times like this, but but any time is the realization that God has given to you and to me um, a new covenant, and it's a covenant based not on our performance but on God's, who in Jesus Christ uh, is cast down for us uh, and taken up again um, through His merits, through His uh, mediation. You and I have a hope and a strength and a security which cannot be taken away uh, from you and from me. Uh, a God who forgives um, our iniquities, a God who remembers. Um, our sins no more, God who promises um, to restore. From time to time, we are pruned, uh, and none of us seek it, and yet God does this in order that you and I um, might be more made into his likeness, uh, more secure, stronger, uh, more peaceful. Uh, You and I can have a hope and a certainty um, that God has indeed forgiven our iniquity, that he remembers our sins no more, and the gift of his Son, who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, And he will strengthen, he will restore. He is with us, and he will go before us. And as we hear that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that in in, in times which are too much for us and too much for us to hold, they are decidedly not too much for you. Uh, And you work um, through whatever times in which we find ourselves, to ultimately um, give us life and salvation. I pray that you would draw our hearts and our minds to your voice and to your guidance, that we might turn to you, that we might listen um, to your voice. And in listening to you, we might find the hope and the restoration which is found in you this day and always. This we ask, this we offer in the name of our Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.